All right, if you'll take your Bibles this morning, let's turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 6. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 6. Thank the Lord for a godly father. He wasn't perfect. None of us that are dads are. There's only one perfect father, and that's our Heavenly Father. And He should be what we strive to be. I believe one of the most intimate names of God is that of Father. And we see it uh, as the Lord Jesus Christ uh, uh, mentions the Lord Jesus, the, the mentions His Heavenly Father. The Lord Jesus mentions His Heavenly Father here, Matthew 6 and verse number 9. When He talks about praying uh, to the Father, He's given an example of prayer. This is not a prayer really to be recited. I know it's recited a lot. Uh, maybe not enough. <laughs> um, I saw a Jeopardy episode last week when this one of the Jeopardy clues was uh, the, uh, our Father which art in heaven blank be thy name. And none of the three contestants came up with it. I was surprised by that. It was a $200 Question. It's a simple question. Well, ought, ought to have been anyway. It's sad where we've come in our society, but uh, we see in verse number nine. After this manner, therefore, Jesus said, "Pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors." And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Uh, As I said, I believe that one of the most intimate names of God is that of being uh, our Father. Romans 8, verse number 14 through 16 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. See, He's our Father. Amen. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. When you become a child of God, He is your heavenly Father. Now, the word Father can mean different things according to how it's used. We know it can mean uh, the founder of something. William Carey is often called the father of modern missions. We know that George Washington is called the father of our country. Um, It can also mean not only founder, but it can mean originator. And this is used in the scripture as well. The Bible says in Genesis 4.20 that a man by the name of Jabel, it says Jabel was the father of such as dwell in tents and as such as have cattle. And then Jesus told a group of Jews in John eight forty four, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar. Listen, he's a liar and the father of it. He's, we know he's the father of lies. I mean, he t- told that first lie to Eve there in the garden uh, of Eden, and that's one of the reasons we're in this mess. That she she listened to his lies, and uh, 
Uh, that was just the beginning of many lies that he has told. It can mean founder, it can mean originator, it can mean progenitor of a race or family. Adam was the father of the human race. We know that Abraham was the father of the Israelites. But God is mentioned as being father in several different respects as well. He's called the father of lights in James 1.17. He's called the father of glory in Ephesians 1.17. He's called the father of spirits in Hebrews 12 verse 9. He's called the father of mercies, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3. He is called Heavenly Father here and also in Luke 11 verse 13. He's called the Everlasting Father, Isaiah 9 verse 6. Now the primary meaning of the word father is the begetter of children. It's the father that gives life to his children. And that's why God is called the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in Colossians 1 3. And in six other places in Scripture, he's called that as well. And that's an affirmation of Christ's virgin birth. Uh, As far as in his flesh, uh, God was his Father. Amen. He is God in the flesh. But uh, Christ's first recorded words were spoken to Mary and Joseph in Luke 2, verse 49. Uh, when Jesus said, I must be about my Father's business. I want you to think about that. I must be about my Father's business. And when you see Jesus' life, that's what he was all about, wasn't it? About his Father's business. He, he was talking about his, uh, his mission that he was sent for. But that was also affirming his virgin birth too. You know, his, his entry into the world came uh, because of God uh, the, the Father. But we know that He is one with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Now some teach falsely that all human beings are the children of God. Listen, not everybody's a child of God. Understand that while men are God's creatures, not all men are God's children. While God is the creator of all men and is Father, you might look at Him as Father in that regard, He is only the spiritual father to those who are in his family through the new birth. Scripture makes it abundantly clear that God is not everyone's father. Galatians 3 verse 26 verse 26 says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. That's how you get to be a child of God. That's how you get God being your heavenly father is by faith in in the Lord Jesus Christ. John 1 verse 12 says, But as many as received Him, speaking of Jesus, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. Now, in God the Father, we have uh, the epitome of the perfect Father. None of us fathers are perfect. But, as I said before, we need to strive to be like our Heavenly Father. Your earthly father isn't or wasn't perfect, and neither was mine. And it's for that reason that sometimes our view of God as being our Heavenly Father is really not what it, all that it should be. Um, but we have things out of order, actually. We should go to the Heavenly Father to see what God intended fathers to be. And we who are fathers should learn from God's examples 
the kind of father we should be for our children. And what kind of father is God? He is all of what a father should be. And so I want us to look at our Heavenly Father today as we uh, see what a father should be. And uh, look at John chapter number 14 for just a minute. John chapter number 14. This is a a place in Scripture where Jesus uh, said that He came to show us the Father. John 14 and verse number 7. John 14, verse number 7. He's talking to His disciples here just prior to going to the cross. And he, he tells them, he said if, in verse number 7, John 14, 7, If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me, has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works sake. So, Jesus said that He came to show us the Father. And when we look at our Heavenly Father, what kind of Father do we see? What, what did Jesus reveal to us about the Heavenly Father? Well, uh, back in our text there, uh, I want to call attention to a few things uh, this morning as we look at this topic of what, uh, what a Father should be. And uh, Matthew chapter number 6 there in verse number 9, we, we see our heavenly Father is righteous, or we could say He is holy. And that's what that word hallowed means. It's after this manner, therefore pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In fact, in the real Lord's Prayer, you know the real Lord's Prayer is John 17. This is the pattern prayer. The real Lord's Prayer, the one that Jesus prayed, is in John 17. Jesus called His Father both Holy Father in John 17, 11, and Righteous Father in John 17 and verse 25. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 145 and verse 17, The Lord is righteous in all His ways and holy in all His works. Uh, listen, you'll never be the Father that you should be until you are first righteous. And by the way, mothers, you'll never be the mother you should be until you're first righteous either. Um, this this message, I know, is primarily directed to uh, the, the fathers, but the things that we're to, we're to be like God uh, as well uh, as the women. Amen. The men are to be like God as well as women. And so, uh, as we look at these things, let's not think that we're just talking about the men, okay? Um Romans 3, verse number 10 and 11 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. Well, if, um, if God's righteous and we're going to be like Him, what do we got to do? We have to have Him give us His righteousness. Amen. And that's what He does through Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. You know, we, we become righteous 
because God has made a way for us to become righteous. And it comes through the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. He hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 21. Now, uh, thankfully, God did make a way for us to become righteous. Uh, when we become righteous, you know, we, 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 uh, there's several th- different things here. Our Heavenly Father is righteous in His desires. In His desires. There in verse 10, uh, we're to pray, Thy will be done. Uh, uh, Psalm 11, verse 7 says, For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. Listen, fathers, we'll never be the fathers we should be if we're not right in our desires. Amen? Are our desires righteous desires? What is, what is it that we desire? Are, we, are our desires for the things that God desires? Uh, Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thy heart. When, when our desires are match up with God's desires, that's when we know that we got it right. I mean, right desires come from delighting in the Lord. Uh, our Heavenly Father not only is righteous in His desires, but He's also righteous in His declarations. In other words, He says, uh, what He says is always right. Psalms 12 verse 7 says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Psalm 19, verse 8, says the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Psalm 119, verse 140 says, Thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loveth it. And then Psalm 30, and verse 5, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. How about it, Dad? What, what, what is our speech like? Do you think before you speak to make sure the words that you're saying are the right thing to be saying? You know, we need to think about what we say, don't we? Let every man be what, uh, swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. We, we need to be slow to speak for sure because sometimes we just let whatever fly out of our mouth and that's not a good thing. And if, you're, if your speech is full of cursing or bitterness or lies or other wrong things, you're not showing forth the Heavenly Father through your life. Think before you speak. Oh, may we be like the psalmist David who said in Psalm 19 verse 14, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. So our Heavenly Father is righteous in His desires. He's righteous in His declarations. But He's also righteous in His deeds. He, he always does what's right. 2 Samuel 22 and verse 31 and also Psalm 18 verse 30 both say the same thing. They say, As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in Him. You might say, Brother Jerry, you're setting a standard higher than we can attain. I know that. This is what we're to strive to be, men. And this is what we're to strive to be, believers. We're to, we're to be, try to be like God. 
Dad, what kind of behavior are you demonstrating before your kids? I know we may not always get it right. In fact, you're not going to get it right all the time. But even when we strive to get it right, we're not going to get it right. But at least are you striving to get it right? Or is your life one thing at church, but a different thing at home and at play and at work and at other places in the world? Are you righteous in your deeds? How about in your dealings with God, with your family, as well as with others? You know, when I was growing up, I got to observe my dad and his dealings with other people. He was honest. Uh, he dealt with folks uh, in a way that was pleasing to God. And I thank God for that. But he, he was teaching me by me seeing his righteous deeds, by seeing what he was doing. And we're to strive to do that which is right wherever we may be. We need to do right like our Heavenly Father does right. Then Hebrews chapter number 12, we see that our Heavenly Father is righteous in His discipline. Look at Hebrews chapter number 12. And uh, if we were to look at this in our text uh, there in the Lord, uh, the, the pattern prayer, it would come under the heading of, but deliver us from the evil is where it would come. You know, uh, when our Heavenly Father uh, disciplines us, it's to uh, move us away from evil and move us toward His will. Now, if we're moving in the wrong direction, He lovingly disciplines us back in the right direction. If we're doing something that brings His name down, He gets us back to where we're glorifying His name once again. And that's what Hebrews 12 is speaking of here. And Look at verse number 5. And the writer of Hebrews says here, Ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Now he's, he's really using Proverbs 3, 11, and 12 here to tell us, teach us about the chastening of the Lord. And the Lord does love us. And I, you know, my, my daddy and mama loved me real good. Did yours? Yeah. When we were out of the way, they brought us back into the way. Now, I know it's not popular in this culture we live to discipline children. Could I tell you that's one of the reasons why we have uh, society breaking down like we do? When you've got the family breaking down and you've got uh, people not uh, doing the, the Lord's will in their life and, and raising their children um, and going about their ways in the family... It's not good for the family. It's not good for society. Not good for society at all. Look at um, verse 7. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. You ever got some chastening sometime where you wonder whether you were going to make it through it or not? <laughs> um, uh, thankfully, I, I, our, our, my father uh, was good in his discipline. Um, he says there in verse number uh, 7 again, let me, let me read that. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? You know, uh, in our earthly 
setting, we all needed chastening, didn't we? Uh, verse number 8, But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. And, you know, you're not really a, if you don't have any, any chastisement in your life, that's a pretty good indication that you are not a child of God. Uh, verse 9, Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. In other words, uh, it did what they wanted it to do. We, we said, don't do that anymore, and we didn't do that anymore. <laughs> um, Shall we not much rather be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? Uh, for they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen. Right there, it's not joyous. When you're going through a chastening, uh, you're not rejoicing at that. It's, it's grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So, several different things that we pull out of here. Um, our Heavenly Father chastens His children, according to verse number 5. He chastens in compassion. Uh, it's because He loves us there in verse number 6. He chastens for correction so that we might not go a way that is contrary to His way there in verse number 9. And He chastens us for our own character. He's trying to build our character into a character like as to His own in verses 10 and 11. Our Heavenly Father is, uh, second of all, re He's reliable. He's always faithful, trustworthy, and dependable. Um, back in our text, I want us to see there in verse number 11, uh, when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, there in verse number 11, uh, we look to the Lord for our provision, don't we? Matthew chapter number 6, in, in verse number 8, Look at note, notice verse number eight. We didn't read that a while ago. It says, "Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask Him." Our, our Father knows what we need, and we we can rely upon Him for our daily provisions. and And uh, I'm not going to take time to read this morning, but you ought to you ought to read through verses 25 through uh, down through verse 32. And it talks about how, you know, if God takes care of the birds and God takes care of the flowers of the field, don't you think He's going to take care of us as well? You know, He will. Uh, what, what are we to do? We're to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added unto us. Um, the half-brother of our Lord Jesus, uh, James, said in James 1.17 that every good gift... And every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom uh, is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Our, our God only gives good gifts. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Listen, God's not a deadbeat dad. He's not. He provides for his family's needs, not their wants, 
but their needs. You know, I, I've heard some uh, folks talk about, well, I prayed for I prayed for something, he didn't give it to me, and you come, listen to what they say they pray for, and you realize that they weren't talking about their needs, they were talking about their wants. 1 Timothy 5.8 tells us, but if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith, and it's worse than an infidel. We... We should look out for our father, our family's needs, amen, just like our Heavenly Father looks out for our needs. We can rely on our Father's protection. There in verse 13, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever, amen, amen. We lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. There's a passage of Scripture, I'm not going to have you turn to it, but I'll quote it to you, in Hebrews 13. And verse number 5 and 6 says this, Let your conversation, talking about your behavior, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For He, the Lord, has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I'm, I'm glad we have a, a Heavenly Father that that uh, looks out for us. As a father, he is ever present to help us in our times of need. He is our guardian. And give you another another passage to look at today with that regard. Psalm 121 is a great psalm. Uh, I will lift up mine eyes into the uh, uh, hills from whence cometh my help. It talks about my, my help cometh from the Lord. And that whole psalm is about the, the Lord providing for uh, the needs of his uh, those that belong to him. As a father, he's ever-present to help us in our time of need. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Isaiah recorded that the Lord said, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Dads are the first line of protection for their family. Now, I'm not just talking about physical enemies. I'm also talking about things such as the world, the flesh, and the devil. Amen? Those are enemies too. Man, don't, don't, uh, don't be deceived. The world's out to get your kids. And they have to deal with the flesh as shall like you have to deal with the flesh. Amen? And the, the flesh is against them. And we know the devil is against them. So, Dad, be the first line of protection. Uh, for your family. So we can rely on our Father's provisions, His protection, and then we can rely, I think. I thank God for this, we can rely on our Father's pardon. Our, you know, when we do wrong, He will forgive us. Uh, his Think of His compassion and His mercy. There in verse 12 it says, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. But if we ask for forgiveness, He will forgive, won't He? Psalm 103, verse number 13 says, Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 calls him the father of mercies. 
Isaiah 55 verse 7 says, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Aren't you glad that our God is full of mercy? Our Heavenly Father is full of mercy. He's full of pardon. And if we come to Him and cast uh, our uh, care upon Him, listen, He'll care for us in that way too. You know, sometimes our children mess up, don't they? I, I know I certainly did growing up. You know, you know the worst thing about messing up was, was not, not the uh, consequences that I suffered. I'm talking about I was a teenager, did something I shouldn't have done. Some, I was somewhere where I shouldn't have been, doing something I shouldn't have done. And um, <clears throat> seeing my father's disappointment... That was the worst thing, seeing his disappointment. But he forgave me. Sometimes our children mess up. Can they rely on us for our forgiveness when they come to their senses? You know, um, Jesus gave the, the parable of prodigal son in, in Luke 15, verses 11 through 24. And when that prodigal son came to his senses... He returned home to the father. The father was just looking for him to come home, wasn't he? Just, just longing for him to come home. Looking for him to come. And he gave forgiveness there. We can also rely on our father's promises. I'm glad for the word of God. Every word of God is true. Solomon told the people of God in 1 Kings 8, 56. He said, Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto his people, Israel, according to all that he promised, there hath not one, there hath not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses his servant. Listen to me, Dad. Are you careful to keep your promises to your children? If not, how can they expect them to believe the Heavenly Father will keep His promises to them. Our Heavenly Father is righteous. He's reliable. And then last of all, I want you to see that our Heavenly Father is responsive. He's responsive to our needs. Look at uh, Matthew 7 there, the next chapter. Look at verses 7-11. through 11. It says, Ask, uh, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. What man is there of you whom, if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? Notice this, verse 11, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, Give good things to them that ask Him. I'm glad that through what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary and our, the salvation that we enjoy, that we have access to the Father. See, when He became, when we got saved, He became our Heavenly Father and we immediately got access to Him. And He's approachable. I, I don't know if you had a father that you felt like was unapproachable. Uh, but our, our, our Lord is, is approachable. Ephesians 
says, For through Him, talking about Christ, for through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. we got access. And He's approachable and He wants us to come to Him. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us come, therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I don't, want your, I don't know what your need is this morning. What kind of grace that you need. What you're going through. Could I tell you you've got a Heavenly Father if you're saved? You've got a Heavenly Father that knows what you're going through. And He's approachable. You can come before Him and cast all your care upon Him because He does care for you. Let me ask dads, are you approachable by your children? If your children can't approach you, how will they ever learn to approach their Heavenly Father? They see you as unapproachable. Uh, they're going to look at the Heavenly Father as oh, definitely being unapproachable. He's not only approachable, but He is, last of all, He's available. He's available. Jeremiah 33.3, the Lord says here, says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee. Show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Listen, our Heavenly Father wants to provide good things for His kids. I hope you're one of His kids today. But listen, our Heavenly Father also wants to spend quality time with His kids. Dad, how responsive are you to your children? Do you love spending time with your kids? Do your kids have your love? Do they have your ear? Are you approachable and available to them? Listen, if you don't spend time with them, somebody will. And the results can be very tragic sometimes. All because we didn't make the time and take the time to be a responsive father. Your time with your kids will mean so much more than the things that you might could buy them with money. What I want you to see out of all this today is that our Heavenly Father is the epitome of what a father should be. Let me ask dads, are you what a father should be to your children? These things we looked at, righteous, reliable, and responsive. Maybe the problem is your relationship with God is not what it ought to be. Number one, are you saved? Do you, do you have Him as your heavenly Father? If not, why don't you come today, receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you will have a heavenly Father that will help you be the Father that you need to be. Maybe the problem is your fellowship with God. Are you close to the Heavenly Father, learning how to be the Father that you should be? You'll never be what you should be alone. The only way that you can get to be the proper kind of Father is with the help from the Heavenly Father. Amen? We all need that help. Thank God He's there for us. What a blessing it is. I've given this this morning not to give you something out of your reach, but to give you something to help. And to realize that there is an example that the Lord gives us. And we need to look to His example and look to Him for help because He is approachable. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank You today for...